Welcome to Engage ICT, Democracy on Tap. I'm Sarah Jane Crespo, host of this monthly community conversation, and I'm so glad you're here tonight. We're broadcasting live from Roxy's downtown in Wichita, Kansas, for a special edition of Engage ICT. This evening, we have a mayoral candidate debate. In a moment, I'm going to hand it off to our moderator, KMUW's news director, Tom Shine. But first, I'd like to thank our partners who make Engage ICT, Democracy on Tap, possible. Roxy's Downtown has provided the venue and appetizer buffet, and the Wichita Public Library sent us further reading and resources pertaining to tonight's topic. Please check out the list at our info table, and thank you for being with us tonight. Now, let's get started. Welcome to our debate uh, between the two candidates running to become mayor of Wichita. I am Tom Shine, Director of News and Public Affairs at KMEW. This debate is hosted by KMEW, the Wichita Eagle, and the Society of Professional Journal Journalists, Kansas Chapter. Let me start with some introductions. If you could please hold your applause until I finish the introductions. Our two candidates are Jeff Longwell and Brandon Whipple, who finished first and second among nine candidates in the August primary. Members of our media panel who will be asking tonight's questions are Suzanne Tobias, opinion writer for the Wichita Eagle, Carla Eccles, Director of Cultural Diversity, News and Engagement at KMEW, and Molly McMillan, President of the Kansas Chapter of the Society of Professional Journalists. Our timekeepers from the League of Women Voters are Ellen Estes, Sharon Elslager, Pat Reinhold, and Carol Neal. Let's have a round of applause for all those involved. Tonight's format uh, is as follows. Each candidate will make a three-minute opening statement. When we ask questions, each candidate will have one minute to answer. Then each will have an additional 30 seconds for rebuttal or additional comment. We will alternate who answers first on each question. The questions were submitted by readers of the Eagle, KMEW listeners, and members of the local SPJ chapter. They were not provided to the candidates in advance of this debate. We will end the debate with a two-minute closing statements. Candidates will go in reverse order of the opening statements. During the, during the debate, I will ask you to hold your applause until the closing statements. Any applause will limit the time we have to ask questions of the candidates, and that's what we're here to do. And please remember, as Sarah Jane said, this is a live broadcast. With that, let us begin with opening statements. Mr. Whipple won the coin flip earlier today, and we'll speak first. Mr. Whipple, three minutes. All right, uh, is my microphone working? Yeah. All right, this is strange. I'm mic'd up instead of using the other microphone, so I'm glad it's working. Uh, guys, my name is Brandon Whipple. Thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, this is an amazing turnout, and it shows that Wichita is looking forward to this upcoming election. My name is Brandon Whipple. I'm a state representative from South Wichita. I have been serving my community in the legislature for over seven years. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm not from Wichita. Uh, I actually came here about 16 years ago uh, from a small town in New Hampshire. And I came out here because like many people in my generation, I felt the call to service. Uh, in doing that, um, I, uh, after my second year of college, uh, joined AmeriCorps. And I came out here to do uh, uh, work uh, with at-risk students at South High School. Uh, and it was supposed to be a year-long program, and I gotta tell you, I fell in love with Wichita. I fell in love with our uh, Midwest values, with the people. Um, I fell in love with uh, the city of Wichita, uh, with its potential. And also, I thought Wichita was the place where I could achieve the American dream. And the American dream for me, coming from the family where my mother was a waitress, my father was a carpenter, we had no money. 
the American dream for me was to achieve my mother's goal of being the first in my family to graduate college and then to own a house. And I'll tell you that because of Wichita being affordable, I was able to live here and then uh, go to Wichita State University uh, with just using my federal loans, not having to take out private loans. Uh, after that, uh, moving forward, uh, I'm happy to say I'm the first in my family because of the opportunities Wichita has uh, to own a house. My parents, uh, God bless them, they will never own a house because where they live doesn't have the same opportunities Wichita has. Uh, so moving forward as a state legislator, I win because I knock doors. I knock doors, I talk to people, and I ask them, what is it you need from the state because you're my boss and I work for you? And when, during these conversations, people talk about the good old days, particularly those who are generations ahead of me. And they talk about the good old days of Wichita, uh, and I gotta tell you, I get jealous hearing about these good old days because you know what, I want my good old days and my kids deserve their good old days. So Wichita in the 80s, our economy was growing at twice the rate of the national average. Today, the opposite is true. For Wichita to move forward and to be the place of opportunity that it was when I found it, to continue for Wichita to be the place of opportunity for my kids so that they can stay here after college and get jobs here and live here, we need to make some changes. And we're at a pivotal moment. And because of that, I am offering myself as a change. I am offering a, a new voice to City Hall, one that has a legislative experience, but also has the change of vision, the vision that will put you, the voter, first, because you are my boss. I'm on time. Mr. Longwell, hold your applause, please. Mr. Longwell. Well, thank you all for being here, and good evening. I want to introduce at least one person, my wife. Susie is with us tonight. We are celebrating 39 years of marriage later this year. And uh, I, I feel very fortunate that I was able to obviously con her in to marrying me 39 years ago. Four years ago, Wichita needed to focus on jobs, and we did. Today, we have more jobs than people in this city. Our turnaround started with Cargill choosing Wichita. We invested in the innovation campus at Wichita State. We changed the structure of business groups to focus on the blueprint for regional economic growth. We've seen an investment of companies like Hormel Foods that in 2017 invested $132 million in Wichita and expanded jobs by nearly 400 new employees. Spear and Textron have grown by more than 4,000 new jobs over the past four years. In 2019, a small company like B&B Airports invested $8 million, doubling in size and the number of employees. From healthcare to IT, Wichita is winning. Today we need to focus on filling all of these opportunities coming to Wichita. With programs like the Youth Employment Project, now called Helping Youth Prepare for Employment, we're giving our young talent new opportunities. This program has grown from 100 high school students four years ago, placing them in summer internships and teaching them the kind of soft skills that will give them an opportunity to this year in 2019 we provided a thousand opportunities for high school youth. These are opportunities that allow them to decide if they want to choose Wichita and provides a, a great learning experience, hands-on learning experience. It's because of partners like Keith Loin at the Workforce Alliance that we can make a difference in retaining talent in Wichita. Our focus today needs to be in three areas. Public safety, ensuring that we're following the guidelines set out for us in 2017 when we had a full assessment of what we needed to do to protect our community. 
With the addition of soon-to-be-trained police officers, it'll bring our staffing level to 90 more police officers than we had just four years ago. Including in that is a new Central Bureau. We have a new ICT team that's focusing on mental health issues in our community. All of this means that we've been able to drop crime statistics by nearly double digits in every single category from January 1st to today. Going forward, our focus needs to be in three areas. Public safety, investments in infrastructure from roads and bridges to water and sewer, and then we need to invest in quality of life. From 12 new aquatics playgrounds to new walking and biking paths to Blossoming River Corridor, we must build a Wichita where people will choose Wichita. With your help, we can get there. Thank you. We will uh, go to the questions now. Suzanne Tobias from the Eagle will have the first question for Brandon Whipple. Uh, Wichita has experienced an increase in violent crime in recent years, including domestic violence and child abuse while gun violence remains a constant threat here and elsewhere. If elected mayor, what steps would you take to ensure public safety? That's a great question. Um, first, I, I acknowledge that Wichita has done a lot in the last few years to, to help combat uh, crime. Uh, however, uh, Wichita is better served if we're not comparing ourselves to where Wichita was a few years ago, but comparing ourselves to the standard. The standard is how do we rank uh, in front of our or against our, our peer communities. Violent crime in Wichita is at uh, double the national average, while property crime uh, is at uh, 73.6, and in the United States it's 35.4. Uh, some of the stuff we need to do is to invest in our police force, at, not tell them what we're gonna give them and say, hey, do something with this, instead of ask them what they need. And as a candidate, that's something I've done. We have less police officers than our sister cities. They are asking for more police officers. We shouldn't just give them 60 or 90. We should give them the amount they want uh, so that they can do what they do, and that's keeping our community safe. When I was a kid, I could play outside until the streetlights came on, and my mom didn't have to worry about that. When I talk to people on the doors, they don't feel the same way. We have a long way to go if we want to catch up with cities like Omaha. Thank you. Mr. Longwell. We've been fortunate recently to team with some federal partners like the Department of Justice, and they're going to help us put in a ballistics lab so that we can address some of these gun crime issues in our city. We also need to make sure that we have responsible gun owners. As our police chief continues to educate people, we are losing too many guns to people breaking into cars and grabbing guns simply laying on the seat of a car. That's not being a responsible gun owner. And so we can do better, but we, along with our new partnerships, along with our new ability to put more police officers on the streets, along with a renewed focus on major crime, we're going to make a difference. But we need our partners to step up, and that means those at the state of Kansas and those at the federal level. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. We can do a lot better. It's not just looking forward, but also looking what we used to do. There was a time in Wichita where we had 22 police officers within our public schools, and they were community policing officers. Now we have seven. We're in an era where people want to go into schools and cause harm, and we have now a surplus, and the current administration isn't putting those people back in our schools. I think it's important for community policing to allow students to interact positively with police officers, but you know what? If someone comes into my kid's school and they want to do harm, I want them to be facing a trained and armed person, uh, not just a teacher. Thank you. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. 
just yesterday, I had the opportunity to go into Mays High School, which uh, most people don't realize represents a large portion of West Wichita, and visit with high school students. And I felt safe. They felt safe. They do a great job out there ensuring that when kids go to school, they're going to come home that day. I served 12 years on that school board, so I have a pretty decent understanding of what it takes to keep schools safe. And I think we can continue to improve, but, but we've come a long way. Question now from Carl Eccles of KMEW. Mr. Longwell will go first. As millions of dollars continue to pour into downtown projects, what are your plans to invest and develop areas outside of downtown, such as Opportunity Zones? And how do you make those areas more sustainable? So Opportunity Zones are something brand new to us, but I'm pretty proud of what we've been able to do uh, around the different areas of this city. For the first time ever, we're seeing a new industrial park and retail center grow up at South Seneca and 235. And if you haven't been out east, the Greenwich Road corridor is unbelievable. With, uh, from chicken and pickle all the way down that corridor nearly to Kellogg, we're seeing all kinds of investments. And out west, the Mays Corridor is becoming the rock road of the west side. And, and we're just seeing tons of opportunity. We put in a new urban wetland park at Mays and 29th. We're investing in infrastructure at 21st and Oliver to ensure that the innovation campus can be successful. But we have a new program that we hope to roll out later this year to encourage people to invest in urban neighborhoods and rebuild decaying homes. And more of those details can be shared later when we have a little more time. Mr. Whipple. So um, when people in my neighborhood are asking about getting their fair share from the city, they're not asking for anything more, but to see some areas of Wichita grow and they say, hey, take us along. Right now, we have people who, in front of my house, uh, school bus uh, drops off kids in the streets is where they have to walk because we don't have sidewalks. When we want to bring private sector development, uh, we have to do our part in Wichita, and that means bringing sidewalks, and that means working on infrastructure, not just in the rich areas, but in South Wichita and other areas as well. Uh, to make them sustainable, if we're going to go above and beyond that, we need to get the input from the people. Uh, good leaders don't tell you what you're getting, they ask you what you need. And if we can go and make sure that the next, don't, don't, don't take up my time, that the next, uh, um, that the next project uh, has to be acceptable both culturally and practically to the community and we can do that uh, with the reminder that they are our boss and utilizing technology uh, to gather that information. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. Nice thing is I have a track record and one that shows that we are listening to the people and pretty proud that after listening to the people, we came up with a plan that saved the Starlight Drive-In. For those of you who don't know, the Starlight Drive-In sits in South Wichita. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. Listen, I listen to the grandmother who lives down the street from me uh, who says, uh, I'm raising the kids now because something happened to mom, and I have to go back to work. And if you guys close the South Wichita Library, now my kids, for those three hours before I get home between work and dinner, uh, won't have a place to go. Listening to the people uh, means taking people like that into account, not just campaign donors, not just insiders, making sure that the people who pay taxes, the people who have made Wichita their home, are able to get their fair share. And if you live where I live, you have people living here for 50 years and they still don't have sidewalks. What have they been paying for? 
question now for Molly McMillan of SPJ, uh, Mr. Whipple, first up. Excuse me. A study two years ago found 99% of Wichita's water treatment plant was in poor, very poor condition, and 100% of the city's raw water pipes are in very poor condition. The Kansas Department of Health and Environment has labeled the situation as critical. What would you do as mayor to ensure the problem would be alleviated and that Wichita's, Wichita's won't go without water in the meantime? The first thing we need to do is make sure that we address the problem, that we actually acknowledge there is a problem. And this isn't just a problem with the media exaggerating the failures. Uh, this is a, a, a neutral party up in the state has said, your plan B, your emergency action plan is not good enough. And in Wichita, if we lose water, that is an economic issue and that is a health issue. Can you imagine where we would be? Uh, so we first need to come up with a plan that is accessible to the state. Uh, by bringing experts into the room and saying, what do we do if we run into uh, uh, the worst of the worst? Uh, and so far, with leadership at City Hall, what I'm seeing is, oh, we gave money here, we put money here, we made investments. No one is answering that question. We're the experts. The people who are publishing about this are saying, there is a real problem. The experts and our state government is saying, your plan isn't good enough. Uh, so we first need to recognize we have a problem, bring in the policy minds, put our egos aside, and come up with a plan that will work for our people of Wichita, because the one thing you guys expect is clean water, and you know what? You deserve that. Mr. Longwell? So let me share you the plan that we have come up with. So first, we did an assessment of our plant, and we found out that it needed to be built new. It would give us the redundancy that we need in this community, and even though we still have people that believe we could invest in the old plant, our decision was to build new. And so we hired a design build team nearly a year ago, nearly a year ago. Already hired them to do the design build of a new $550 million water treatment facility. I would call that action, folks. That's the biggest investment that any city in this state has seen for decades and decades. So we will have a new $550 million water treatment plant that will provide us the redundancy. And then on the backside of that, we need to build a new bio-nutrient removal plant. That's a nice way of saying sewer plant. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. That was a nice way to say that. Um, guys, the reality is that plant is years in the making. It's years ahead. Right now, if our one water plant breaks down, and I believe the person in charge on, an, on the news uh, used the word failures, um, where we are subjected to daily failures. Uh, if that fails, then we can't say, well, don't worry, guys. In a few years, we'll have a new plan. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, we invest in the future while still taking care of today. And right now, this isn't me being Politico. This is the people in Topeka who have come out and said, our plan B, our emergency action plan is not good enough. And we, and you guys deserve better than that. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. So you asked for a plan. We presented to you a plan of a group of local individuals that's going to design and build a $550 million new water treatment plant that's going to provide us the kind of future that we need to grow our community. We will keep the old plan online so it's not in the shape where people think it's going to just limp along. We continue to invest in it. And the, and the goal right now is to keep that as a backup source and eventually keep that plan around for future growth if we continue to carry the momentum that we have today. 
Question from Suzanne Tobias of the Eagle for Jeff Longwell. This past spring, many members of the public addressed the Wichita City Council to express disappointment over a deal to sell public land to developers of a downtown baseball stadium. And some city staff members acknowledged that they did not follow established guidelines for the sale of city property. What are your thoughts on how that process played out and what, if anything, should be done differently moving forward? So we can always communicate better. Certainly, it was a learning opportunity for many of those at City Hall that's been working on that bill for a long time. But let me tell you what really didn't get reported. The previous stadium had a contract where the team paid us $25,000 a year to play there. $25,000 a year. The new team is going to be paying us up to $600,000 a year. I'll negotiate four acres away every day for 600000 every year that we can put into the Wichita City coffers and all of the growth that it's going to bring that river corridor. So at the end of the day, what people are not arguing is how good the deal is. They're just complaining about the communications of the deal, and we can improve that. Mr. Whipple? So to say uh, uh, it's a learning opportunity means that moving forward, uh, we'll have to see more transparency. This list, just this last week, we learned that the Wichita City Council was going to uh, lease part of a public park to private uh, restaurants, um, and they put on a consent calendar, which means they were going to pass it as if it was changing uh, uh, spelling uh, and other ordinances. Uh, a member took it off of that, and it wasn't the mayor, and said, hey, we should discuss this because we are giving away public land. And the most telling of that is that he requested a map which means they were not only going to vote on this, but they didn't even know what it would look like. So moving forward, uh, I don't believe the ends justify the means. Uh, when we can have a transparent process and still come up with the means we're looking for, we can be successful while also being transparent. And you know what? We're, they're still doing this type of stuff, folks. This was this week. And I think that we need to bring transparency to City Hall so taxpayers know what's going on. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. So here's the part that probably disappoints me the most. You have actual people that think the city council placed that on the consent agenda. We had no knowledge of that on the consent agenda. That was placed there by the city manager. And the first time that we saw that consent agenda was on Friday. And so immediately the council said, Mr. Manager, that's not appropriate. We need to put that on the regular agenda. But if you jump up and down and scream loud enough and print it, People think that that's true, and that's just simply not the case. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. The truth was it was on a consent agenda, and it shouldn't have been. The truth is the buck should stop with the elected official, the mayor, not a hired person. And in doing that, you guys are going to get me in trouble. And in doing that, uh, we need to make sure, and it should have been right off the get-go, once you got in trouble with the baseball stadium, talking to the manager saying, don't put that stuff on the consent agenda. We deserve the public to have a chance to speak in open forum on it. We deserve our members to have a chance to voice their opinions on it. In Topeka, if something's on a consent calendar, anyone can pull it off and we have a debate. We put things on a consent calendar that don't deserve a debate. When you're selling off public land, that deserves a debate. Thank you. I see you. Mr. Ms. Uh, Eccles, question uh, for Mr. Whipple. So it's not uh, a hard stop. Do I get to? Yeah, I think you already had your 30. Uh, Carla, question for Mr. Whipple. There usually is not enough revenue to fund everything the city would like to do. 
elected leaders have to pick and choose their priorities. What do you see as the most important priorities for the city's tax dollars and why? So I think public safety is probably the most important. Um, right now when I'm talking to people, uh, they want to make sure that um, their kids can play outside. Uh, because of the underfunding of our police, uh, it now takes them seven minutes or on an average of seven minutes to get to a home that has an active break-in. To put that in perspective, a boxing round is three minutes. An MMA round is five minutes. Imagine what a criminal can do to an unsuspecting person in seven minutes. So we need to invest in our police officers. They're doing great with what they have, but imagine what they could be doing if we put what they need uh, into uh, their hands. Also, um, being uh, from the Brownback era, uh, I think I can comb the budget. If we wanted something done uh, up in Topeka, and since we didn't have the money because we were running deficits, I would have to have found something in the budget to cut. Uh, if I wanted to fund some other program. So I can bring that experience. Uh, it's probably like the best spin of being in a crisis, uh, economic crisis up in Topeka, is I can bring my budgeting experience uh, into City Hall and try to not only prioritize these things, but find uh, where we can transfer money while retaining services. Mr. Longwell, one minute. So the nice thing is we have balanced our budget every year, something that the state could probably learn from us. We. Uh, have $35 million in, in an uh, unencumbered reserve fund to ensure that we are financially in a great position. And the last two years in a row, we have ended up with a budget surplus. I said in my opening statement, we need to focus on police, and we're following an assessment done by WSU that puts us on the perfect path to ensure that we have a uh, safe community. And then we need to focus on infrastructure. But let's not leave out quality of life, folks. We've got to build a better Wichita so that not only people want to stay here, that we can recruit people to come to Wichita. Again, we have more jobs than people. And to be able to fill those jobs, we've got to be able to recruit people that want to come to Wichita. And you're going to do that by growing our quality of life. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. You can't brag about having a surplus if you aren't paying your bills. You can't brag about having more jobs than people if the number one export is young talent, human capital, 45 years and younger, who are leaving Wichita for other opportunities. When I'm mayor, I'm going to make sure that we are funding the bare essentials, such as community policing, such as our public safety. We have 10 less firefighters today than we did in 2014. And I get that doesn't get you news coverage. It doesn't get you a fun picture with a helmet on uh, while you're introducing scooters. But you know what? It's the, what we need. It's what we have to do uh, if we want Wichita to be where it needs to be. Thank you. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. Here's what also doesn't get news coverage. For the first time in the history of Wichita last year, Wichita was rated as a number one fire safety city. There's an independent agency that came out and reviewed 47,000 different cities in the United States, and we're now one of only 315 cities in this country with a number one fire safety rating. So it's a little difficult for anyone to say we're not investing in the right place. Molly McMillan, SPJ. Question for Mr. Longwell. The city is planning another round of downtown development with the Riverfront Legacy Master Plan. The fate of Century 2 will be part of that plan. What do you think the downtown plan should look like? And specifically, what do you think should be done with Century 2? 
So I appreciate the question. First, we want to listen to the people, and that's what this plan is focusing on, is a lot of public engagement. But if you're letting me wave my magic wand and decide exactly what that looks like, I think there's a win-win solution for us. I think we can build a performing arts center slightly in a different place along that river corridor. I think we could repurpose Century 2 into a true community building with partial uh, space as an outdoor amphitheater. I think we could build our version of our Chicago's Millennial Park or New York Central Park and, um, and then also add in a new convention center and make that all fit and have a win-win by keeping certainly Century 2. Mr. Whipple, one minute. So to say that you are listening to the people, I mean, that is what I've uh, been suggesting we do since its beginning. Um, we had a forum before the primary where people showed their vision for where Century 2 would, can go, uh, and they actually kicked a woman out. There was a woman, it's a public forum, there was a woman there who was showing pictures of Century 2 because uh, her father was creating uh, was part of the people who created Century 2, uh, and she got kicked out because her opinion conflicted with the public event that the mayor attended, and I was there, and all the insiders also were there. They were presenting their vision as if there wasn't one that kept Century 2. Just today, that woman went in front of uh, uh, the uh, city council to voice her opinion because she was told she can't voice it here, she needs to voice it there, and the mayor, in a condescending way, said, I love Century 2, uh, you must have never heard me speak before. And the reality is actions speak louder than words. When you are kicking out dissenting voices, then that is not serving the public. So we need to go and make sure that what we develop is acceptable to our community uh, so that it is something that will be utilized by our community. Thank Mr. you. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. Make no mistake, folks. To sit there and say that I kicked someone out of a meeting is just an outright lie. Yeah, you're rude to that was not my meeting. I would not have kicked that person out. And it's just terribly unfair to frame it in that respect. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. Today, I don't think that woman is treated any better. To speak so condescendingly to a woman who wanted to voice her opinion in the public agenda, in the time where it's time to hear those opinions, uh, I think is a, a disservice to the taxpayer because you're our boss, not the people who are putting out these plans. And I was there. The plans they put out happen to have none of them. None of those plans happen to have uh, a vision of what that part would look like with Century 2. It's the idea that we are just going to have to bulldoze it, that there's no other option. And the reality is we need to give folks the other option so we can actually get your feedback. Question from Suzanne Tobias of the Eagle. Uh, Brandon Whipple, you're first on this one. Let's do it. Imagine a friend or family member is visiting Wichita for the first time, and you have 24 hours to show them around. What landmarks, attractions, activities, or restaurants would you put on your itinerary? Okay, that's a good one. I wasn't expecting that question. Um, <laughs> to be honest, guys, I live from out, I'm from out of state. Uh, my family comes here, um, and uh, I take them uh, to, the, to the Keeper of the Plains. Um, I take them to our zoo, which is a county project, but I'm a dad of three little guys, and we go to the zoo all the time. Our zoo is amazing. Um, I take them over to uh, the park over at um, uh, O.J. Watson Park, uh, also an amazing place, uh, you know, especially since we were able to keep our train. That was on a, what we thought was on a cut and block a few years back. Um, so really, uh, and then we're talking about restaurants, uh, if I can get rid of the kids. Um, you know, I take them downtown. I take them to um, uh, really the Hanukkah. 
Uh, shout out to the Hanukkah, I guess, if you're listening. Uh, where uh, we can have um, uh, sushi, and then I also take them um, to the Locksburg uh, if I'm feeling fancy. Uh, that's another place that uh, I try to take people. Uh, but if it's the kids, uh, then it's um, probably one of the fast food places that also have uh, a slide uh, that's next to one of our wonderful parks. So we can tire them out. Mr. Longwell, one minute. So we're fortunate to have a city that we're really, really proud of. I certainly would uh, agree that our Keeper of the Plains is a wonderful place to take people, but we have a whole series of great parks. Recently, we've invested over $2 million in McAdams Park and getting ready to build onto that corridor to make it even more fabulous. We're getting ready, and we're in the process of building out 12 aquatics playgrounds. I would take them by one of those new aquatics playgrounds that we're putting together for neighborhoods that uh, truly are going to be special. I would take them by the new $70 million Cargill headquarter building because it's state-of-the-art, and it shows people what we can do. I mean, Wichita is not just a great place to raise a family, but we're even a better place to grow a business and we're going to continue to show it off in all aspects of our city. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. Well, um, more places. The way more places. <laughs> more places. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, you know, I just wish that all parks uh, got the same attention. When I was the vice chair of our neighborhood association, um, Osage Park was closed. Uh, that uh, building was um, pretty much a magnet for crime. Luckily, the community was able to communicate with the um, with uh, uh, City Hall uh, and try to get that reopened so it became a community center. Uh, I want to be mayor because I think that all of our parks uh, should be uh, treated uh, with the same respect. We should be making sure that even um, places where it's lower income, their parks are just as nice as the places with the higher income. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. Let me put one small plug in for Los Pinos. If you haven't been to mm -hmm. some of these small mom and pop restaurants, you're missing out. And Los Pinos is another one of those fabulous little places in Wichita where you can get great food and maybe a unique atmosphere. But it's, uh, it's a pretty nice place, and Wichita is filled with many of those, along with some chain restaurants, too. Question from Carl Eccles of KMEW for Jeff Longwell. Wichita has struggled for years with young professionals leaving to work and live in other cities. As mayor, what do you see as the necessary steps to retain or attract diverse and talented young professionals. Well, Wichita certainly was at hard during the recession years of 08 to probably nearly 2013, and we saw a lot of people leave, leave Wichita. But just had a conversation with a young couple that moved back to Wichita from New York City at Zubilee this past Saturday night, and they couldn't believe the change. Couldn't believe the change. We have to have a vibrant city that provides them all kinds of unique opportunities for them to find entertainment in. We have to have a city that's very welcoming to all ages, but certainly young people. And the innovation campus at WSU is certainly changing our opportunities also because it's targeting young people that can come to Wichita State and not only get a degree and a great education, but have a unique learning opportunity with internships that you can't do in other parts of the country. Mr. Whipple, one minute. So uh, I was shocked after the Chun Report last year that young people are, are our number one export. Uh, so in doing that, uh, myself, along with three other elected officials from different um, levels of government, we had for the first time in Wichita a youth summit. 
where we ask young people to come and to tell us uh, uh, what it is that they're looking for in Wichita. What can we do to be a place of opportunity so you're not one of the 50% of graduates from Wichita State who wind up leaving? Uh, and with that, we learned um, that people uh, uh, wanted um, more grant money for entrepreneurships and for startups. Uh, you know, we have people who are, were entrepreneurs and other states had other opportunities for them. Also, I think if we want to retain people, we need a non-discriminatory ordinance. Uh, we used to have one in Wichita, and for some reason it's not there. And if we want to say Wichita is open for business and for shares the values of this next generation, uh, we need to make sure people are discriminated against. Uh, and also uh, reestablish the Civil Rights Commission. Uh, in Wichita, it's tough to keep people, particularly young women who are only paid 72 cents to the dollar of men uh, in our community, uh, if we're not willing to address some of these problems. Having the Civil Rights Commission that we used to have reestablished, I think, would go a long way to retain that young talent. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. So I'm pretty proud of what we're able to do here in Wichita in terms of not discriminating. And then recently I teamed with a group out of Kansas City, and they have a new initiative called the Women's Foundation, and, and they're trying to put emphasis on getting women in both government jobs and placed on important boards because we're um, – we, we don't reflect our community, and we need to do a better job. And, and because we don't reflect our community in terms of demographics, I've been working hard to change that. And with the help of the folks in Kansas City, we're making a difference. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. Guys, I'm not proud that women in our community make only 72 cents to the dollar. Uh, I wish I could say I'm proud of that. I'm not proud of that. We can change that. At this rate, my granddaughters will finally be paid as much as my sons, and that is too far away. Also, uh, we could be doing a lot more to make sure that you can't be fired because of the person you right. That's all right. Because of the person you married, uh, we could be doing a lot more to make sure. God, that's terrible. That was. Uh, for those of you listening, I just uh, spilled my water all over me. Um, we could be doing a lot more to make sure uh, that Wichita is a place of opportunity um, for everyone, uh, not just um, those who are currently here. And I'm going to need a towel. Sorry about that. It's okay. You're fine. I get a little animated. My apologies, guys. That's all right. Uh, question now from Molly McMillan of SPJ. Mr. Whipple. I'm on it. Uh, you're up. Let's do it. Yes, we did. Talk a little bit more about jobs. There's intense competition for aviation jobs throughout the United States and the world that's apparent at air shows around the world. Aviation is core to Wichita's economy. What's, what steps would you take to attract and protect that core and also diversify the economy? So innovation isn't taking our city and saying, hey, we're going to be the next the next Silicon Valley or the next uh, Austin with art culture. Uh, innovation is figuring out what we do really well and then building on top of that. Uh, we, uh, I'm from South Wichita, we built this city. Uh, the people whose doors I knock on, they built this city uh, and they are the best, uh, 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 they're the best craftsmen uh, in the world when it comes to building. Uh, so now we need to find uh, industries such as perhaps building drones, uh, such as uh, other manufacturing industries that we can use that complement our talent. When we're bringing jobs in, but we don't have the workers for those jobs, it's equivalent of throwing mud at the wall and hoping it sticks. Uh, we need a strategic approach to make sure that the jobs we're bringing in complement our current uh, labor and uh, making sure that uh, those kids who are coming up through, through high school and getting out of college are trained right to take on those jobs. So first uh, thing we got to do is diversify by figuring out what we do really well, which manufacturing is on there, uh, and then um, gauge on how to build on what we do uh, in other areas such as entrepreneurship. Mr. Longwell, one minute. 
my wife and I are fortunate to have one of our kids that's an aerospace engineer that gives us maybe a little better understanding so we can answer this question. He actually works for the National Institute for Aviation Research at Wichita State. And what we recognize is aviation continues to grow. But what we have to ensure is that we have a pipeline filled with skilled workers. And so we've teamed with WSU Tech, with WSU University, with people like Cowley County. And let me tell you this, my son, who works for NIAR, developed a high school curriculum, and NIAR started taking that curriculum into several high schools in this Wichita area to help fill that pipeline for the next generation of aviation folks. And we have to continue to focus on skilled workforce, both recruiting, training, and retaining so that we can prosper and, and help our aviation industry. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. Looking forward to the next economy, we're learning that people are entering the workforce will have up to five different careers. We're talking careers, not just jobs. So one of the things we have to do, and part of my work in the Higher Education Budget Committee up in Speaker, where I serve as the ranking member, uh, is to make sure that we have stackable credentials. So when someone gets out of WSU Tech, uh, and they have a technical degree, and let's say they work in one area, but then the economy changes as it does so fast, they can go back and get, let's say, a, a Bachelor's of Applied Science and Management, uh, programs that other states are beating us on, but we can catch up with the right people in leadership, uh, where now people can get, uh, not have to start from scratch, uh, can build on the credentials they have, so they can move as fast as the economy moves. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. The last four years, we've also been targeting lower-income neighborhoods and providing scholarship opportunities specifically for those folks that need a hand up, learn a new skill, and then get a great-paying job. To date, we've helped more than 135 of those people in the last four years get a new skill, get a new job, and get a hand up, and it's making a difference in those lower-income neighborhoods. A question now from Suzanne Tabatz at the Eagle. Jeff Longwell will go first on this one. About two years ago, hundreds of mayors across the country signed a pledge to support meeting the Paris Agreement to curb the effects of climate change in their cities. Mayor Longwell did not sign on at the time, citing multiple concerns with that agreement. Mr. Longwell, do you feel any differently about that decision today? And how would each of you work to reduce climate change and make Wichita a more sustainable city? I still think that because of some financial considerations, that's not a great agreement. But that doesn't mean that we don't stand behind renewable energy. My wife and I recently financially supported with our own hard-earned money a solar project out at Mays that's making a difference. So one of their science teachers out at Mays started a solar initiative where they're trying to convert their entire high school to solar energy. And I think that's a great plan. We're soon going to have renewable energies come to the city council for us to have discussion. As you've heard recently, the county voted on a moratorium against wind power, uh, but they did not put a moratorium on solar. We have to put emphasis that solar is an easy tool that we can utilize right in our city. The Denver airport has lined their airport with solar panels. We could too. Just like the Mays project, we could see that uh, prosper, and the goal is to put that in all high schools in the area. And so I would encourage you to go find more information about that solar initiative. Mr. Whipple, one minute. So I agree with solar. I think Wichita can be taking a lead uh, regionally and not just following what Mays is doing. 
um, you know, if we, we are talking about this, we need to be proactive when it comes to policy, not just where we're making contributions or where our interests are. Uh, we should be looking at other, our, our sister cities and seeing what they're doing, seeing what's working, not reinventing the wheel uh, when it comes to making sure that we're responsible stewards of the environment. Um, there are cities who are beating us at this. Uh, and if we can put our eagles aside over at uh, City Hall and actually ask questions like, what are you doing that's working well uh, and how can that be adaptable here to Wichita, uh, then we can provide better service and be better stewards of taxpayer dollars. Oh, and also be better for the environment. Uh, if we look in to see what other people are doing, because as we just heard, uh, nothing's going on now, it's all in the future. When we do that in the future, and if I'm mayor, that's gonna be one of the first things I look into, is what are other cities doing better than us, and how can we make sure we beat them next time around at implementing these type of policies? Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. I just wanna make sure I was clear, the May Solar Initiative is not something in the future. It's already built. So I would encourage you to go out and look at that. That's not a promise. I can show you what we're doing today to make a difference with renewable energies. And so I would encourage you all again to go out there and take a look if you mistakenly thought it's something we're planning on doing for the future. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. I believe the statement was, I'm planning on talking to someone about this. Uh, and that was a separate statement than the maze. And I hope it was a separate statement uh, because just putting maze on solar panels isn't good enough. Uh, I hope that in the future, um, whoever is mayor is going to meet with people who are experts on this, who could tell us what is the first step forward. And if I am your mayor, I'm going to go a step beyond that and look at what other cities are doing. I'm going to compare the public policy, figure out what's working and what's not, and make sure that I communicate with the community so that we, when we initiate uh, stuff that is helping our environment, um, it is something that we all share. Carl Eichels from KMUW, question for Mr. Whipple. In looking at the public transportation system here in Wichita, what plans do you have to improve our existing public transportation options? So right now, public transportation is not supposed to be a luxury or a fun thing that people use once in a while. Uh, I live in a neighborhood where if my neighbor's car breaks down, his job might be at, at risk. Uh, so public transportation needs to go beyond bike paths. It needs to go beyond scooters. Uh, it needs to be an integrated approach uh, to making sure that people can get around to where they have to go, rather that's class or rather that is uh, work um, by using public transit. Right now, the current system hasn't done that. We're on a very old model. Uh, I believe there was an administrator from WSU Tech who tried to go to class. It took him about two hours to drive 10 minutes. It is not practical. So what we have to do is realize that public transportation uh, to some people in our community um, is, uh, uh, is something that they depend on and they need it to go to work and to go to school. It's not something that people should be using um, or, or seen as something uh, that's an extra. Uh, it should be an integrated part and other cities are doing well on that and I think Wichita uh, needs to step up to the plate and make some big changes. Mr. Longwell, one minute. So we've made some improvements with our public transit system that still needs more work. We have a queue line that operates a five-mile stretch in the core of our city. When I became mayor, that queue line was only averaging about 5,000 riders a year. We changed the way it operates. We changed the frequency of the buses. And the first year that we made those improvements, we had 120,000 riders. I know we can do more, and I know we can do better. Again, my wife and I have three wonderful kids. Our oldest has cerebral palsy and physically cannot drive a vehicle. We fully understand 
not just the need for public transportation that those that physically can't do anything else, but we want to build a system that will encourage people to ride. Our new queue line is going to have all new electric buses here in the very new fu near future. Mike Tan, who's our new uh, director of transit, has some new innovative ideas that he wants to bring to the table that will include using new technologies to make a difference with public transit. Mr. Whipple, 30 seconds. I understand a queue line is a very, uh, um, is really a great asset for downtown Wichita. And for people who want to come downtown and uh, enjoy dinner and a show and they can use the queue line uh, to, for transportation, that's awesome. Uh, I also want to make sure that the father whose car breaks down in the poor area that I live in also can have transportation to work. And I wish that our leaders would get as excited about providing these basic resources that other cities are beating us on uh, to make sure that we are serving everyone in Wichita, uh, not just those who come downtown and, and to our entertainment district. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. I'll take this opportunity to share that I'm honored that Governor Kelly recently put me on a transportation advisory committee. That's a lie. And uh, looking Easy. forward to serving the governor and her office and what we can do to come up with a transportation plan that's going to serve our state for the next 25 years. And so just want to say thank you, Governor Kelly, for putting me on there. Next question. You can address that in your closing oh statements Lord. if you'd like. Next question from Molly McMillan, SPJ. Uh, Jeff Longwell, go first on this question. The decision to close Clapp Park Golf Course and turn it into green space was controversial and financial challenges threatened our current inventory of golf courses. What role should the city have in providing resources for parks and green spaces and what role should it play in supporting our golf courses? So recently in our, in, in our newest budget we added about half a million dollars to our parks department's budget so that we can continue to uh, build a, a park system that we're proud of. We've got to figure out how to turn around the next generation of golfers. Clap Park simply wasn't getting used. And that's the same case in golf courses all over the country. Just as close as three hours away, communities are closing golf courses. And so by closing Clap and opening it up to that community, I think it's going to provide that community a a great opportunity. It's my hope that we can still have a golf component down there, but it's going to give that community a great opportunity to have a great asset at their disposal because the majority of that community that lived next to Clap couldn't use it. You could only use it to play golf. You couldn't even use it to walk the paths because it wasn't allowed and there were signs up there that walkers are not allowed. So now they're going to have an asset that that neighborhood can appreciate more. Mr. Whipple, one minute. So my opponent uh, uh, is not very good at being 100% um, honest. He was not appointed by Governor Kelly. He was appointed by the Secretary of uh, Transportation, and it was only because he's mayor of Wichita, which means when I win, I'll now be on that committee, but it was not Governor Kelly. Moving into this question, uh, one of the problems is we are losing what neighbor makes our neighborhoods great. Uh, they talk about, well, CLAP uh, didn't have the uh, rounds. Uh, towards the end, it did. Uh, what they were losing on was uh, budgeting issues. If we're closing clap down because it doesn't have pathways, then why don't we make those pathways open instead of just bulldozing the entire uh, asset, which was clap? 
uh, while also bailing out uh, Auburn Hills, which is a golf course in the rich area. I'm from South Wichita. If you want to tell me you want to make a park, that is uh, great, but we want to see the park first. All right, if you are going to take away one of our assets that make our community great, you better be showing us what you're replacing it with. And right now, we don't know what that looks like. Right now, City Hall has not been straight with us, and instead, they have taken away uh, one thing that makes South Wichita great. Mr. Longwell, 30 seconds. Actually, the community came up with three plans for us to look at. And so it's because we're listening to the community and encouraging them to weigh in on what they want in their neighborhood and what they want their neighborhood to look like is why three different plans were developed, and one of those plans does include a golfing component. Mr. Whipple. I went to the Neighborhood Association meeting less than a month ago. Uh, they were heartbroken uh, that they were losing their golf course. At this neighborhood association, uh, Councilman Clendenin was there, and he was trying to say, guys, it's going to be okay, and put this positive spin on it. Not one person there was excited. Uh, right now, uh, uh, CLAP has been targeted uh, for development in the past, where they were able to make sure that a gas station wasn't built on that area. That community is sensitive to taking away something like the golf course. Uh, and, you know, it speaks to a wider culture, where right now Mac Adams is okay, uh, and, uh, but will it be okay in the future? Uh, and, and I think that this is just that culture of knocking things down in our communities. And with that, we will go to our closing statements. Uh, Mr. Longwell will go first. Uh, two minutes. Well, thank you all again for attending tonight. It's been my pleasure to share what we believe are the ideas that's going to continue to carry us forward. Wichita has momentum. That's why I've received the endorsements from a number of groups that want to see us continue with that growth. The Wichita Metro Area, Area Chamber PAC, the Wichita Independent Business Association, the Wichita Area Builders all recognize the difficult nature of building momentum and have endorsed my re-election bid. In 2017, I was honored to receive the Kansas Public Official of the Year Award from the Kansas Chapter of the American Society for Public Administration. In 2018, I was named as the President of the League of Kansas Municipalities. In June of 2019, Wichita was recently named an All-American City for the first time in 10 years. We're working hard to build a Wichita that together we can all be proud of. It's not always easy. There's certainly things that we can learn along the way. So I'm asking for you to help me keep that momentum. Keep Wichita winning. And so that's why I'm asking for your vote and your support on November the 5th. Again, thank you all for being very polite and listening to us in our first debate of this general election season. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Whipple, two minutes. Guys, thanks for coming out tonight. Thank you for taking part in our democracy. Uh, my name is Brandon Whipple, and I'm running for mayor because I think Wichita's best days lie ahead. And I don't think we get there by allowing insiders to continue to call the shots from behind closed doors. Some of you know I am Wichita, South Wichita's legislator who gets things done in Topeka while standing up to party bosses and standing up to lobbyists because I know that my influence and really my authority comes from the taxpayer who are my boss. I am someone who believes that the health and the safety of all our communities should be a universal uh, principle, not just uh, in the richest areas, but also in all of Wichita. More importantly, I'm a dad. 
I'm a dad of three boys, AJ, who is six, Tristan, who is four, and Julian, who is two. And I drive back and forth to Topeka to serve in the legislature every single day so I can wake up and make them breakfast in the morning. And the reason why I do that, it's not just for them. It's for me because they keep me focused on the dream. And the dream is that when it's time for them to uh, not only grow up in this great community of Wichita and also to get a, a, a great upbringing in education, but when it's time for them to answer God's calling, they don't have to be one of these statistics. They don't have to sprout wings and go off to the coast. Instead, they can lay down roots and make a difference right here in our community. And my wife, Chelsea, and I won't have to board an airplane to go see our grandkids like too many people in Wichita have to do. I'm running to change City Hall. I have the experience, I have the vision, and I have the energy to make a difference. And if you think that we need change, then I'm asking for your vote because the only way we change City Hall is to change who runs City Hall. Thank you. very much Tom and let's have another round of applause for the candidates and for our panel of questioners a big thank you to the Society of Professional Journalists the Wichita Eagle and of course to Roxy's downtown for providing our venue for this conversation tonight And thank you, all of you, for joining us for Engage ICT Democracy on Tap for this wonderful conversation. We've loved having you here tonight. Uh, please come again for another exceptional Engage ICT event. Next month, we'll be having it at the Crown Uptown. It's Tuesday, October 8th, and we'll be discussing women in politics with a very special guest moderator, Joshua Johnson of 1A. It's very exciting. So mark your calendars, and we'll see you then. I'm Sarah Jane Crespo. Have a great evening, and thank you. <laughs>